0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another seminar of ASI Virtual, and today I can say that I'm among friends. We have an opportunity to share some thoughts with you about our title today, which is, I would like to actually call it in a different way because in our description, we have put up a a phrase that I think will probably be the focus of our conversation and can summarize it, which is com- the competitive advantage that truly matters for eternity, right? In business, we are always seeking for competitive ad- advantages, right? And the competitive advantage that matters for eternity is actually the one that we're going to be discussing today. Hello, Ger- Harold. How are you today? Hello, Good Gary, morning. Denzel, and Donna. Hello. Hello morning. Nice to have you all. Excellent, so why don't we start with a word of prayer, then we have a brief introduction from each one of us, and then we dive in. Harold, could you pray for us today?
1: Heavenly Father, thank you again for the privilege to share your word with those who want to be known by your name. We ask that you'll be with our seminar today with all those who would love to have attended our convention and with our church, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. Very well. So we have a diverse group here. Um, there is uh, five of us and different backgrounds, different uh, cultural experiences. So why don't we start with Denzel and Donna, and then we will go with Gary and Harold. Uh, give us a little bit of your background. Who you are, How? what business are you involved in, and how you got connected with ASI?
2: Well, Donna and I uh, uh, first got connected with ASI many years ago. Matter of fact, this, we're here at the virtual uh, convention right now. So if you see some people walking by, it's because uh, we had to do it. the internet's not that strong here. So we had to do, it, do this uh, Skype in the um, uh, Zoom. In the churches. At the churches. Right. Uh, no, but we, um, we joined ASI 33 years ago. Now, Harold's uh, uh, actually done it longer than we have. But uh, we joined the ASI organization and we've never missed a convention since. It's been such a blessing. It has really changed our lives and we have been really blessed uh, being, uh, being part of the ASI family. But uh, Donna and I were, we're bankers by trade. That's how we make our loving, our excuse me, our living, but our real job is to tell others about Jesus. Very good. Gary? Kate doesn't
3: say. Uh, Grammy. And I'm a passionate about our health message. So we have a combination of health and ministry along with our business and it works Mm -hmm. because God blesses. That's how it works.
0: And everyone has his own passion. That's what makes us difference. Yes,
4: right, Gary. Yes, so I'm originally from Australia and um, I've been in the US now around 25 years. So about half my lifetime. Um, I've been a businessman since my teen years, I've founded eight tech companies, I've had three blockbusters, educational background is an MBA, Masters of Engineering Science and I'm currently working on a Masters of Computer Science in Artificial Intelligence. So I joined ASI about five years ago, I'd had um, an exit from a company that was very good and my wife and I, my wife Sophia Rainer and I were looking at ways to um, to ex- expand out our our, um, our ability to support Christian ministries, and we didn't feel like we had uh, enough exposure and experience ourselves to really do a great job of managing it, and just have really found great camaraderie, advice, and uh, um, kindred spirits at ASI.
0: Amen. Excellent. And you said that you are studying now.
4: I am I'm back in school.
0: Very well. Excellent, Harold. You have studied long time ago, long, long time ago. Give us a little bit of your background.
1: I was in the army as a special investigator with the Counterintelligence Corps and then left after my tour to practice law in a private setting in Ontario, California, where I was a trial lawyer for 32 years. During the course of my uh, trial work, I tried about 150 jury trials and tried in every case, in the latter stages of my experience to bring some spiritual lesson to the case, to the jury, even if it had to do with uh, something else. Uh, About 30 years ago, we left the law practice and went to head up Outpost Centers International and did that for a period of nine years and then another ministry. And so we've been retired, retired about 20 years, 45 years as an ASI member I came in because I was trying to get uh, Ken Livesey, who was the secretary treasurer of Southeastern Conference, off my back and saying, Why don't you come to ASI? We did it. We haven't missed a, a convention since then, and it's been a significant part of our activities, and we've been blessed.
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting point, Harold. You know, because we, each one of us had a calling to ASI. And uh, this morning I was hearing. Denzel on the uh, first members meeting and he was sharing a story that I heard in 2008 and time flies Denzel remember we're in Portugal and when we joined ASI nice. right and uh, you know I call. I never forget something you said that time you and Ben is that it's like a chain reaction and I always say that ASI is like a chain reaction you're all connected by chains that I receive an influence then I have a responsibility to provide that influence and to share that influence so I can bring another member and to be excited about sharing Christ in the marketplace. So let's, let's just dive in to this uh, theme of today, which is we're business people, professionals as Harold, and we have a mission in our companies. So we have a specific uh, business thing to accomplish, which in our case is all for profit. But now we have a, we actually have a much bigger calling. And how we can manage it in the perspective of the three angels' message, which the first angel message, as we know, is to proclaim. So, how can can you share with us a little bit of how have you had opportunities throughout your, throughout your life at proclaiming that first angel message? Anybody can jump in. You're welcome, <laughs> or should I point finger? <laughs>
3: Well, we, we definitely have had Mm -hmm. opportunities. We pray every day that God will give us a divine appointment. And Henry Martin was very famous in saying that, and, you know, Mm -hmm. we really believe that God leads us to who we should be witnessing to each and every day. Now I will give you a, for, let's go right away let's do what's happened in the last couple of weeks because maybe you've heard some of our stories in the past but we as a family made a decision that we would like to have some bible workers come to our territory and i just felt impressed that we should have them stay Mm -hmm. with us and so we prayed about this Mm -hmm. and denzel contacted Watchtower hills college and asked them if they could provide us two young people. And I said, okay, they have to be the same sex because they would be staying in the same apartment. And so I thought for sure they would send us two young men. Wrong, they sent us two young women. And boy, oh boy, have they been passionate about sharing Jesus in our community. Not only have they been in our community, and our church, but they've even been in our business too. And, you know, it's really given us light and it's, it's really made us grateful and brought us to our knees because during this COVID crisis, we have been so socially or physically distanced, whichever way you want to say it. But we have realized that this has given us opportunities to personally be involved in giving Bible studies. And guess what? Both Denzel and myself and others in our church are giving Bible studies. And our church, and our community, mm-hmm. and us as a family, yes. as a couple, what do we talk about at night, Denzel?
2: Talk about our Bible studies and what we're doing for it for them, and how we're praying for them, and and uh, where they are in their in their walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been it's been a real blessing.
3: And it wasn't that expensive to have mm-hmm. these young ladies come, and the benefits and the blessings that we receive from this small investment has been worth it all because we will not know until eternity what the complete results are but we are sure happy that we get to sow some seeds and that's just hey, God, before, continuing as yeah, we speak God speaking
2: as we're okay, recent donna did a bible study right before we left i'm doing one when i get back we're just doing it every week we're meeting with them and uh, studying the Bible, and it's such a joy to be able to open up God's word and to share the Bible with someone. Oh,
3: absolutely.
0: Nothing better. You know, so we didn't plan this, but actually my first poll question was here, does your organization host Bible studies on site? And you, Donna, just brought that question naturally because you introduced the theme, so I made it live. Let's see the results in a couple of minutes, but uh, the first question is, again, does your organization host studies, Bible studies on site and uh, Gary, what has been your experience? How, what opportunities have you had uh, of mingling that uh, first angel message with your business?
4: So I know the first angel's message is about preaching. um, But an interesting thing, uh, I mean, we had a company of uh, called life proof around 300 employees. And um, a lot of customer service staff, you know, a lot of interactions. It was a, really, it was a rocket ship ride. Uh, the company grew from zero to 350 million in um, just over two and a half years. So um, wow. it was, uh, it was hanging on for dear life as, you, as we grew. But naturally, as you grow, there's there's a lot of adversity. There's a lot of um, setbacks that happen. People will believe some of what you say, but they'll believe everything that you do. Right. And and I think when, when these challenges occur, when these problems occur, how you deal with the situation, um, the sorts of ethics when the temptation would be perhaps to use um, expedient ethics to try to get a, a better outcome, um, showing that you stay the course of integrity and that you, you, you sometimes take it on the chin uh, when you have to, and sometimes have big setbacks and losses because of integrity, it really shows where your values are. And weekly, we would profess our values, which were about integrity, about excellence, about um, uh, treating people with respect and, and um, living those values every day, reinforcing them. It was very clear that we were Christian. I you know, obviously espoused a healthy lifestyle as well. So I couched it a little bit more, you know, being California, you have to be a little careful of, um, of running afoul of uh, human resource laws in terms of how you proselytize. But I think couching it in terms of self-interest, like wouldn't it be great to have a Sabbath rest? You know, wouldn't it be good to, um, you know, to feel healthy all of the time? And, and actually uh, getting um, our employees involved in, in fitness activities and all sorts of other things, they knew that we were Christian. They knew that we espoused these values. They knew that we lived them. And that we encourage them to to come join too. So it was surprising the number of people that said that it really changed their perspective on, on life and um, and made them really consider uh, their relationship with God and and um, with other people because of it.
0: Excellent. You know that you said something in the beginning that I learned uh, some years wait you know, several years ago, but that make the complete difference how I see the gospel is that people will question arguments and will question your position on something they present, but they will never question your personal story, yeah. never question your personal relationship. So if you share what Christ has done for you personally, you know, it's very difficult to actually argue with that and, and say, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You, know, you shouldn't be telling me this. Know it's your personal story. So you're not telling the person what they should do but you telling the person how God has transformed your lives, and that's a that's an excellent point. That's an easy, accessible point in a way to do it, in, in in the business environment. What about you, Harold? Your experience is very vast, and what has been your experience in this area?
1: Well, when we were in the law practice in Ontario, California, our local church sponsored a series of lay evangelistic uh, meetings in the offices of physician and. Uh, I think there were five of us that had different locales, and we did an evangelistic series. And after the the day was over, the banner came out in front of our, on the lawn of the law office building, and we conducted a evangelistic series with another layperson in, in the library of our law firm. And uh, that was an interesting experience that led us later on to uh, to uh, present evangelistic series in Ukraine. Yeah, several times in the Dominican Republic and in Cuba, uh, where we uh, presented a full series, and so it's been I remember hard.
0: that we were together on that one, right?
1: Well, that was that was later, but uh, later you yeah, were there. Times before that, we, uh, Ray Hamlin and I did a three-week uh, uh, series yeah. in uh, see it in the eastern part of Cuba.
2: Don't don't forget about the Philippines, Harold. Oh
1: yeah, I did forget about the Philippines. We were involved in the first group that tested out new beginnings. We wanted to Mm -hmm. see whether or not it would actually work. And there were, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 lay evangelistic series that resulted in a baptism of about 3,500 people on one Sabbath. And that's a lot of people to be baptized Mm -hmm. one day, one place.
2: Amen.
0: Very nice. And the poll results of our question have come out and does your organization host Bible studies on site? Actually 50-50. So 50% yes and 50%, 50% I will say not no, but not yet, okay, not yet. Um, the, now we have another poll question we're gonna put out is do you as a leader in your organization openly discuss your relationship with God, with employees? We have touched that a little bit and I know, Denzel, you have a very particular story. I'm going to put this one live. And I want you to share a little bit of a story because you have openly discussed your relationship with a very close employee, right? They works with you daily.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we tried to, one thing we've done, are we, we're, we're blessed that we built a new corporate office a year ago. And what we did was that I like to keep my, kid, my family says a lot of junk. But a lot of stuff I put in my office. So I took a lot of that out. And so I made it so that everything in my office can lead to a conversation about Jesus. So mm-hmm. if I, can't for a conversation with Jesus, I took it out of the office so that, cause you know, when people come and sit in your office, they always want to try to find a common ground with you. Right. And so what I did was I made it. So whatever they look at, I can turn it into a witnessing opportunity and it's really been a blessing. And, um, and we've, uh, I openly, like I personally, I have a Bible in the back of my, um, uh, of my desk. Uh, we have pictures of Jesus uh, in my, I have a picture of Jesus, the businessman, Jesus, uh, where uh, by Nathan Green, where a businessman with Jesus in the center, shaking hands, mm-hmm. uh, that particular picture that's in my office, outside of my office, is a picture of Jesus and the lamb. And so I've really tried to make sure that uh, we have, we have uh, Adventist art up that gives opportunity to witness. And I think that's very important. And then the other thing was that we were challenged, I was challenged by uh, Brian Schwartz last year because I always would say, um, I'll pray for you. But he sa- "But he challenged mm-hmm. me to say, instead of say, I'll pray for you, pray for that person right there, right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. And that gets kind of awkward. And how does that go? Well, that's a little you know, uncomfortable, isn't it? I've, I've done that with several of my employees. Uh, and I've done that and it's really been a blessing because, you know, they'll tell me about a problem that they're having there. You know, like, uh, the last one that I, I did was just a few weeks ago where, uh, our lady who's in charge of our, um,
3: one of, your employees.
2: One of our employees, mm-hmm. she, her, her, uh, brother got badly burned and mm-hmm. she was telling me about it and she was emotional about it naturally because her brother was badly burned. I said, well, let's pray for him. Can you, can I pray for him right now? And it just, you know, it was so not
0: imposed, right? It's the way you use your emotional intelligence to find the right moment, right? That's right. the key thing. Right? Like yeah. in business, right? In business, we always think in a very acute and precise way. Where is the best moment to do that final pitch? And how does this fit in there? So we also have to use our brains, not just to repeat things, not in context, but to find those opportunities, right? Which are micro divine moments.
2: Right. And, and I think it's so important. We all know that there's certain times to close, certain times not to close. We know certain times to plant the seed, even though we know we're going to contract for, for longer terms of what we're doing for our business. We just need to actively think about that as sharing the gospel. And I think that's one of the things mm-hmm. that we need to do consciously. And like Donna said, it's so important for us that every day Henry Martin always said, I think he coined the frame, pray for a divine appointment. And I tell you, we, we Mm -hmm. pray for divine Mm -hmm. appointments and we ask the Lord to have our minds open to have that opportunity. And it's amazing the amount of times that we, uh, have those appointments and we have it now, sometimes I'll forget. I mean, I, I, sometimes I'll say, oh, I should have said this, or I should have said that. But, you know, I think is if we keep our mind and our our open, we can, um, well, the
3: Holy spirit definitely gives us the impression and the pressure. So that's, that's how we Mm -hmm. operate. That's how it works. And yes, yes, one of our employees uh, became a Seventh-day Adventist, and that's because she observed our lifestyle first for many years, years, and, you know, she really wanted to come to one of these ASI conventions, and we didn't even know it. And (laughs) then just out of the blue, would you like to come? And she said, yes, I would. And now she does some of the behind the scenes of uh, ASI. (laughs) And in fact, she and she's with
0: you right now, isn't she? She's
3: yes. With us right now, and tonight she will be on the virtual, uh, giving her impressions of what she has seen here. So we're looking forward to that tonight. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, Amazing. so it was one of those things that uh, we 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 presented the uh, opportunity, and she said yes. You know, like right. uh, we're we're supposed to cast the net, and the Lord provides mm-hmm. the the opportunity for us. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you find that, Gary, in your
0: organization, with 300 employees, uh, as you said, in a state that is complicated, mm-hmm. did that bother you? Was that something that you had a challenge every day? You thought, oh, if I could reach these people and what, what could I do? And what are your thoughts on that? What were the, the things that were going through your mind when you were managing these people and with this perspective of you know, wanting to provide that true gospel to these people?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um... You know, I guess we had to, I really looked at the perspective of being creative about how we would bring the subject up. I, I think it's brilliant what Denzel did with the, um, have a, a, a discussion starter. Whatever you point out in the room is going to, to point to a discussion about God. I think that's terrific, um, great idea. But, um, you know, we did have, um, we, we did have circumstances where we would um, attribute Things that happened as being a blessing from God, um, so we're able to openly talk about those things. When uh, when some of the employees were going through difficult circumstances, you know, obviously talking one on one with them, um, offered to to pray for them, and on a couple of circumstances prayed with them about their situation. But I do believe that we need to become bolder. Um, you know, this is really it's it's a a bit of a chastisement mm-hmm. to myself looking back on right. it could I have done more? And, you know, I think it's not that I didn't want to, it's probably that I was kind of a little chicken, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of, of what would happen. And I think, you know, given the the, the days that we're living in, it's we're bold in business. So why not be bold in the most important Mm -hmm. businesses all, you know, of all, I mean, this is, yeah. A lot bigger than Star Wars, you know. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the king of the universe. So. It's, a true, it's a true Star War. Uh, it's a great controversy.
0: It is, uh, it is. the true one. There's a false one being told, but there is a true one, yes.
4: But, 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 but you know, um, we had such a diverse group of employees from all walks of life. Um, you know, many of them came from a, from a gay and lesbian back background. And I think showing a graciousness and a love and an acceptance and a respect for everybody is a tremendously important place to start. Um, it doesn't mean to say that you agree with everything, just as you're not demanding that they agree with you to be accepted, but you can show them humanity, respect, um, good humor, love, graciousness, all those things are very endearing to create a safe space to be able to you know, have those discussions in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we were in the legal practice, uh, Harold, did you have, uh, uh, moments and things that you remember of this uh, particular point that we're discussing of uh, having a, you know, something that you were sharing with a specific uh, colleague or employee?
1: I, I remember a, a, a rather youngish man, he was about 45 or so, who had very serious chronic bronchitis. And he was a heavy, heavy smoker. And uh, I represented him in reference to some of his problems. And uh, he told me about getting down on the floor, trying to get his breath while smoking a cigarette. Hmm. And I, the health message kind of bounced around. I, I said to him, I said, Bill, w- would you like to stop smoking and get over that? I had in mind to lead him to a, a Smoking cessation program, and he said five no. days at that time he said no,
0: stop smoking right he said no
1: he said no i i I don't want to do. It. it was too much to give up, and it just shows the hold that tobacco and other addictions have on people that even when faced with death, and Bill died relatively shortly after that of his chronic bronchitis. And but I uh, I tell that story because there are people that we encounter every day in our life's experience and as a in my law practice where people are hurting and it gives us an opportunity to to invite them the choice that they have in responding is theirs.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, you know uh, we think that actually probably the majority will have difficulties on. Sharing with a colleague, but the polls results came. A hundred percent of people say they have at least one time openly discuss the relationship with God with their employees. So that's a that's a very good sign that uh, people would uh, are are mindful of this and they put this as a priority. So we really challenge everybody, whoever has not participated on the poll, that has not shared. That it's we are blessed. You know, you were talking, and Gary, you're saying that uh, many times we think of occasions that we have lost, right? Opportunities that we have lost. I feel that so clearly, Nancy and I, um, my wife, and we have discussed this almost every day. Why didn't we say this at that moment? Why didn't we actually develop this conversation? Even sometimes it's, it's with a waiter, right? in a restaurant. It's with uh, somebody that is with a cashier that presented something that we have, we could have understood an opportunity just to share a little bit and we don't know that seed what could do It's not really about giving a full speech, but what micro opportunities do we, do, do we do we do these now this leads me to another topic another question which is um, what do you all think of things that in your business, how does your, how do you see the second angels message, first of all affecting or being a priority to your business practices. And we know that it says that Babylon is fallen, right? If you remember that Babylon is fallen because of the drink of the the, the wrath of the fornication. So you you don't want to be part of that. But uh, how can we not be part of Babylon? We actually have the calling of uh, redeeming people through Christ so they don't participate to this Babylon that is nowadays. how, how can we, actually, what are the, the the threats and the challenges that we have as business people that we can get tied up on this? Gary, can I start with you?
4: Sure. Um, I don't think this is an oversimplified way of looking at it, but I, I see, you know, are you part of Babylon or God's kingdom is a question of allegiance. You know, and mm-hmm. allegiance is also... A question of agency. What do you support? Um, what are you lending support to? So it's a question you, you have to ask in terms of the, the ways that you do business, um, the ethics that you do business with, but also the kinds of products and services you provide. I have friends that are in the, um, I guess you would call it the herbal uh, medicine industry, um, marijuana. And, uh, you know, they, they, they like to espouse all of the purported health claims and um, benefits of the products for people that are, that are ill. And, you know, maybe there are some, some benefits for cancer sufferers or others. I, you know, I don't know. But I would say in general, if you're, if you're supporting a, a recreational drug like alcohol or marijuana, I don't see clearly how that's supporting the kinds of spiritual experiences you want people to have. Um so, you know, there's, there's those questions around what products you support, you know, questions around media, what sort of uh, media products you might be reselling, uh, even- Your marketing. Uh, pardon? Your marketing. Exactly, the ways that you market, um, you know, all of those things are showing an, an allegiance either towards God or an agency towards God or an agency towards, you know, not God, which is obviously clearly Babylon. And um, I think you know sometimes those lines might be a little bit blurred, you know, but I think you want to keep them really clear. Think of it as agency and allegiance.
0: It's all about uh, who you serve, right? Because we, we think that uh, some people think that they don't serve anybody, but there's two options. We either serve God or Satan. That's the truth. And uh, as you said, paying a legion is, how do you see that what, everything you do in life you're either um, supporting one side or supporting the other side and uh, that affects also the witnessing that you want to put out that we discussed initially
3: absolutely and
0: that, that's and that's a coherency in life where right? you have to be coherent you have to be uh, you, you got to do what you say mm-hmm. you got to say what you do and it's the, 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 both sides right because sometimes we we want to hide what we do, and we also want to hide uh, what we say, what we do. So that, that transparency is what people are looking for, the generally genuinely transparent individual. And Harold, do you remember, okay, sorry, Gary, you want to say something else,
4: yeah. Just one more thing, very briefly. If you look at allegiance, you can break it down into three things. You know, allegiance is willing to risk, well, it's, it's first willing to put your resources to use, which is your time and money, it's willingness to, uh, to, to essentially put your, uh, yourself at risk, and that's risk of professional consequences and also of embarrassment you know, for bringing these things up. And it's also it's a matter of you, you know, your time, your resources, and risk. That's what allegiance is about. So that's how you can really tell if, you know, I guess, if you want to ask, am I doing what I can, look at how you, what you're doing with those three things, including risk. Mm
0: -hmm. Excellent. Now, I always say that it's very simple to explain what management is. Management is making decisions with information, right? And the decisions that you make, those are the critical ones. So the management of your life of your business is based on decisions that you make. And the things that we're talking about here is all about daily decisions and big decisions that we have to make strategically to be aligned Mm -hmm. with the three angels message. Harold, do you remember in your also in your Legal practice, uh, some conflicts, some situations that you had in this area.
1: well oh, yes, um, I, I was involved in a case involving a little boy who became a, a paraplegic. In fact, he is a respirator-dependent paraplegic, and it was uh, he was seven years old when he was involved in this bicycle auto accident, and it was a, it was a big thing in, in terms of his life and so forth. And uh, we were having a uh, settlement conference where all uh, the uh, checkbooks had come out from the East Coast to participate in a, in a settlement conference in the judge's chambers. And it was an interesting thing. The judge was a former Seventh-day Adventist. And uh, from uh, during the course of the process, he talked with each of us privately. And I told him, early on in the process that it was Friday afternoon and that I had a uh, Sabbath commitment and that I was determined that this matter would be over, that I would need to be gone from the courthouse uh, by a particular time. Well, he said to me, he says, well, how about the story in the Bible about the donkey that falls in the ditch on Sabbath and they go and get him out. I said, Judge. I, I says I've thought that through a long time ago, and I need to be gone by whatever the, the time it was. And by God's grace, the matter did resolve. We did uh, complete our work before the Sabbath. But he was he was testing me as someone who understood Christianity, understood Seventh-day Adventists, and he was pushing to see where I would be if if that uh, happened. And uh, uh, I was wanted to be clear that uh, that was an important and not only important and essential part of what I was doing in that courtroom at that time.
0: There you go. A real life example of a situation we have to make a decision and uh, present our point of view, how we're going to stand. Uh, Denzel, Donna, some thoughts on this area.
2: Well, yeah, a couple of them. Uh, first of all, um... We, uh, we have an agreement. We have all our officers sign an employment agreement, and there are two reasons for being terminated uh, immediately. One is dishonesty, and the other is working on our Sabbath because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that go on in banking that's done in evenings, weekends, things like that, and I don't want us to be representative of anything on Sabbath. So uh, our people know the, our, our beliefs of Sabbaths so and know we don't want anything to happen during the Sabbath hours. Uh, any business on the Sabbath hours. And so all of a sudden, one Sabbath afternoon, somehow I see that we advertise uh, on Facebook on Sabbath. And I go, how did that happen? You know, and so I was pretty (laughs) upset. I came into the office on Monday morning And I told I I I said, say, you know, I sat down with our people and just said, Look, you know our beliefs on the Sabbath and how important it is to us. But I noticed that I that someone did a post on our Sabbath. And they go, Oh, we know that. We you can actually do the post prior. We set that up on Friday because Mm -hmm. Saturday is the biggest day people read their Facebook, I guess. I didn't realize this. Mm -hmm. And I said, Well, I appreciate that and I appreciate your zealousness of that, but I don't even want the perception that we're working mm-hmm. on Sabbath. So therefore, I don't want any advertisements to even be done during the Sabbath hours because we don't want mm-hmm. to give that appearance that right. we're breaking our Sabbath. And so that's an excellent point. And, mm. and so that that was just something that happened in the last probably. 30, 45 days. Mm-hmm. But Donna, you had, some, you have something that you always talk about with the social distancing. That's well, so important.
3: Well, social distancing for me is it has been extremely challenging because I, I love people. And that's where I get a lot of energy. And I love the interaction. And I love to talk to our employees. And, you know, it's been hard because I haven't been able to go because... I'm not really supposed to be uh, in there because I'm not considered essential, you know, but by praying and telling people that I want to be socially distanced from, from all this noise that we've been hearing and all this stuff that's on social media. And I really have told them that my my priorities have been that I wanna have a closer walk with Jesus. And so I'm looking for opportunities to share. And since I told you that our health message was vital and it's been so important, Mm -hmm. how was I going to do what we had originally started and it was called the wellness club i was trying to figure out what we could do socially media wise and you know a couple of weeks ago we actually started a program that we're doing over zoom just like we're doing right now and i incorporated the the program sort of like we had been doing at our barn and anyway It was interesting to see how God will allow you to have these moments of opportunities to share if you've got that in tune listening for God to direct you. And so, yes, we actually have been doing these Zoom meetings Mm -hmm. with the ministry and God is blessing and we give it out to our employees too. You're welcome to join us. We would love to have you. But, you know, it's important that we are open and that we are consistent and that we're compassionate, and that we have been commanded mm-hmm. to do what we're doing. And it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. I mean serving Jesus and being in business, what is any is there anything mm-hmm. better? No And I mean, it's a family business. We have a family business, our son, our son-in-law are involved with it. Our Mm -hmm. daughters have been involved and we're just grateful because, you know, family businesses sometimes can be, hmm, what's a word? Challenging? Challenging
0: because of family, right? right. We're all together sometimes. (laughs)
3: Truly, when you ask God to be in the midst Mm -hmm. of you and he's on top of it with you, thank you. That's all we can say. Mm -hmm. So I can go and go and go So I gotta stop. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so excellent. You know, uh, as you were talking, you talk about family business. Actually, I recommend I got to be bi- a little bit biased here because I moderated another um, seminar, which was uh, Jesse's Vickers uh, seminar. It was great. Absolutely amazing. I love that because I didn't realize, you know, I'm, as you all know, uh, very passionate about entrepreneurship. And uh, he presented to me something new on his presentation. Actually, where Ellen White Uh, When she talks about beehives and the beehive concept and also the self-supporting, when we hear about self-supporting is because there was no entrepreneur word that time. And self-supporting is about being entrepreneurial. You do something from scratch and you depend on what actually you're building. And that's actually incredible because in the 19th century, that word didn't exist. If it existed, probably Alan White will be writing for about entrepreneurship all the time, all books. So that was very interesting. I recommend that you go back when we make available this content for mm-hmm. you to watch it. He had very good analysis of this with all a lot of quotes. Anyhow, uh, for our audience now, I'm going to surprise my, 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 my fellow um, uh, uh, friends here of, of this this uh, this presentation. I'm going to ask a question that you're going to have more time to prepare next. I'm going to have one. Actually, we, we did prepare this quite a bit, but uh, I, this was not prepared, okay? This is for our audience. I just remember one. Uh, I have this question, and then the second one, I'm going to present this question later, go back to this thing. So this one, that, for you to think about it. We are talking about how actually uh, we are putting our business, how the Bible inspires us in the spirit of prophecy, how to apply uh, these principles to share the gospel. Now, you think about a story or a moment in the Bible that actually you have picked up and said, Oh, I can apply this to my business. This experience, you know, this this character inspired me in leadership and in decision making, anything that actually I applied as a business hack to my own business that made a profit with it. I have many of those experiences. I want to actually one day write, write a book about it because I have so many. But this is for you to think about. So, it's not, not a surprise. Think about it. So, we go with another question, and each one of you think of a character or a moment in the Bible actually have applied in your business in a practical way. But the, the next question is as you think of that one, I will go around is have you ever had a position from employee, organization, legal, compliance, anything of sharing the gospel? Have you had any uh, challenge in the past? of sharing the gospel, did you have any situation you had to manage? We want to hear about that. That's a question that we have also um, prepared here, and probably the audience will want to know. Any of you want to pick up this question? Opposition, challenge, uh, compliance issue? And you, Gary, talked about it. Any situation that was tricky, a friction? People called you out and said, you shouldn't be doing this, and how do you manage that?
4: Yeah, um, I, one, one situation that comes to mind was with an engineer that we had and he liked to work in the evenings and kind of on his own schedule. So I specifically asked him not to work on the Sabbath and uh, and actually I, I told him, do not, do not work on the Sabbath. Um, he really arced up over this whole thing in a huge way and uh, said that I had absolutely no right to tell him when I can or cannot work or when he can or cannot work, or um, for me to impose my beliefs onto him that inconveniences him. And um, we really weren't in a position to, you know, uh, in fact, I think it would have uh, created more problems if we'd threatened to fire him at that point, you know, called it insubordination or whatever over, over this issue. So that was uncomfortable. Uh, I think it would have probably turned into a, a big HR situation if I had have pushed it. But then I think, it, you know, as you look at it, God never forces himself onto us too. He gives us freedom of choice. Uh, so I really, that's how I reconciled it is I made my request. He was clear about, you know, what my values were and I couldn't control what he did in the privacy of his own home in his, um, in his own time.
0: That's a very good point because we are responsible for our own house. Actually, today um, it's tricky, right? Because everything is remote and we don't know what's going on, right? I've had situations that have asked the exact same request. And people, I've never had a situation that people come to me and confront me. But I found out later that they're at their home, they did something on Saturday and really puts me uncomfortable, right? And then I, I go ask and Sometimes they don't understand. They say, well, I was not in the company, right? I was not there. And I, it was like my personal life had to catch up something, right? But you're, you, know, you you were adding to the value of the company. So I feel uncomfortable. And it's more like an appeal that you make, not an imposition, because if you make an imposition, that will have probably bad results. And we yeah. don't want that. Yeah. Any thoughts of uh, Denzel, Donna and Harold on this one?
2: We, we've had a couple of instances in my old business when I built concrete mixers and garbage trucks, we were actually sued by someone, one of our employees, uh, hmm. saying that we were forcing him to be an Adventist to be able to work for us. But fortunately we had enough employees and we showed how many employees were Seventh-day Adventists versus non-Seventh-day Adventists. And, and, uh, frankly, after it, it got dropped very quickly, um, but, you know, when, one of the things that we've had with our Sabbath, I've, I've uh, several times I've sat down with employees and said, you know, there's a reason they want to know more why we won't let them work on Sabbath. And I'll sit down and say, because, and I explain the the, the fourth commandment and I'll just go through the fourth commandment mm-hmm. with them and they go, okay, now I understand. Mm-hmm. I can respect that and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll respect it. But I've probably done that probably a half a dozen times in probably the last uh, 18 months or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some of our employees,
0: so you have you have to keep on reminding, right?
2: You you do because
0: coaching you, coaching
2: is and you got to do it in a kind way, and you got to say, you know, uh, we appreciate your your zealous work of what you're trying to do, but you got to understand that when you do this, you're and I go through the through the commandment, you're actually forcing me to break the commandment, and then when they mm-hmm. realize yeah. that, then the, then I then I then it, then they totally. Appreciate it. And uh, thank me for the for the understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, as we are in this uh, this topic here, uh, we're not in a Q&A yet, but it's it's right in context. And we have a question here from the audience that says, is there a way to avoid such issues by setting it clearly from the beginning? And I think we have answered that. Right. It is. But then people, they don't remember. They don't understand. They don't have the same understanding that we have. Right. And so, what do well, you think about that?
2: I also think it has a lot to do with the business. Like when you're in a factory setting, it's very easy. You punch a clock, you get out the clock. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a business like banking, like we're in people, your, your business is 24 seven, basically you're Mm -hmm. out in the community, you're visiting people. It's, it's one of those types of things. And so by explaining to them the real reason why we have the Sabbath and what it's for, to me, I look at it as an opportunity to witness. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm Me, it's a way of showing why I believe what I believe, and uh, it's an opportunity. So I just think you have to look at it in that light, and when you do it, do it in that light in a prayerful way, I believe the Lord will lead it to a positive inc- uh, outcome. And so far, you know, I've had, I've had a couple of customers that have not been happy with us being closed on Sabbath, but all in all, I would tell you it's been more than positive. Uh, experience and and but in all case it doesn't matter because it's not an issue because i'm not going to do it so i mean right exactly this is a non-starter but i want to do it in a kind compassionate way for our uh, for our employees this reminds me of a business concept
0: which is uh was very very strong in the 90s but now there's a new view of this which is the customer is the king right which is true is not true. We know that. Not the customer It depends on the customer. We can't choose our customers actually, and right. that's that's exactly what you're saying. But that also apply. You now, when when you have a critical mass, there's always going to be people that don't like about something. They don't, They have their own opinion, and we respect that. But that doesn't mean we have to go by that opinion, right? And we have to make our own decisions. And again, if you have a lot of clients, there might be some clients that don't like the fact that you close on Sabbath. But as you said, the majority, you serve the majority and it's not because of the majority that you have made this decision, but actually it is in line that the majority actually appreciates this and and asks the right questions about the Sabbath. Yeah. Harold, do you have any um, moment that you remember on this potential conflict as
1: well? Well, uh, the cases that I handled after they came into the office until there was resolution would extend over maybe two three years and so from the very beginning uh, a, a lawyer is sizing up people as witnesses whether or not how they could be best utilized in their case to present the facts and so forth and to develop a, a concept of a story to be told ultimately to the court and to the jury and in every case in the last Oh, maybe 15 years of my practice, I began to think in each case how I could use some scriptural example that would be a a powerful story that had confirmation. And uh, we don't, and typically you don't learn whether or not your jurors are Christians or non Christians, believers or non believers but typically you might have three or four, maybe a half a dozen out of the 12 or 14 jurors that are involved, and you know they'll be listening, and so in, in the closing argument that we would, uh, we would get the last say in the case, I would bring up a scriptural example, and then I would say to them, you don't need to trust me on whether or not this is true. You can find out in the ancient book of the Bible. If you'll go to Deuteronomy so-and-so or go to the Psalms or go to some other place and give the reference, uh, then they could, uh, and the ones who were that made sense to, you could see it registering with them. And we would say it in such a clear way that they could actually go and double check it. And I had a couple of lawyers Uh, object to that kind of thing. They didn't do it openly because they were, didn't want to risk uh, trouble, but it was a legitimate, proper way. Lawyers can use all kinds of examples to bolster and uh, illustrate their cases. Anything is possible. In every case that I tried, I I used a scriptural story that they could verify and it gave some credibility. And so uh, uh, the judge when they growled about it in in chambers, he just said, "Hey, you can use you can use uh, anything in in uh, literature that you want, and and that's okay. We're not doing anything about it." So it was it was <laughs> something I did and and uh, as a as a way of planting a seed. Very interesting. Well, now we, uh,
0: just to change a little bit the perspective is the same view, but now the other way around, as I said, this question, this surprise question, I'm actually gonna share mine, I have so many, but as a mode of inspiration. You know, as something from the Bible has inspired our, you know, personal and professional lives to do something in a certain way, our character inspires us, and uh, like a business hack. You know, I um, went around the world in a helicopter two years ago, and uh, during that trip, we had so many challenges because we wanted to do a certain record and that we, we use something. We, we actually uh, named this concept called the power of nice, right? being the power of nice. So we want to get in a certain place and we relate the person, we smile to them, and uh, we try to find out what they care about. We talk about the fueling stops, the handling, the authorizations. We have to go really quick. And we did, I think, quite well on power nice. And at the end, in Russia, when we're leaving Russia to the US, we were so stressed about the Russian system, we want to get out of there that situation, that we did something that we should have not done. And which was at the end, we, we told them, you know, just send the MiGs, you know, just send the MiGs, which was at a, like an explosion of stress that we had. And we should have not done that. And then people on the YouTube channel said, what about the power of nice? You know, that was a big lesson. Because Moses was the inspiration for me in that moment to use you know, the patience, the patience of Moses. And he did hit that rock. He did that mistake. He lost the patience. He was a very patient man. He was very nice, but he did hit that rock. So I always think now, I think about Moses that is the example, the ultimate example of patience. He lost the patience and we have to have really, really close relationship with God never to lose our patience and respect for people. So I want you to share some of this business hack ideas that we can take out of the Bible or of our character or something that actually helped you in your business life.
2: Anybody wants to start? I'll start. Uh, I, I have many that I could do, use through my career, mm-hmm. but the one that has just gotten, gotten to me just recently that I think about a lot is uh, in the book of Daniel, and Daniel's three friends when they were in, when, with the with the uh, golden image. And the thing mm-hmm. that really impressed me the most is that when they were thrown into the fiery furnace and the fourth person was there, it says in the Bible that King Nebuchadnezzar said that the fourth man looks like the Son of God. And the mm-hmm. thing that impressed me was how did King Nebuchadnezzar know what the Son of God looked like?
0: Recognize. Yeah.
2: Because of the influence that Daniel and his three friends had on him, because he they knew, he knew what God looked like by the witness of those four men. And so what Amazing.
0: I, so the mirroring of, of God, mirroring
2: right? Of and so what I keep thinking to myself, and I, I think about this almost daily, is, how can i rep- be like daniel's daniel and three friends to give the image so that people will know what jesus looks like
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gary you're thinking have you come up with one
4: you know one of my i guess favorite uh business bible inspirational characters is nehemiah because i think he was the quintessential entrepreneur um, not no. only was he awesome but fundraising you know he went straight no. to the king and said I need half your forest and you know all these soldiers and everything else and he was gutsy enough to go and you know to go and ask for it to take the risk and he obviously had a, 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 um, a good way relationship with the king for the king to um, you know to, to really want to work with him on this and then he said about obviously taking on a very dangerous mission, which was to rebuild the wall, you know, so so dangerous you have to carry your AK-47 by your side or, you you know, your great uh, side sword at that point um, while you're rebuilding the wall. And he was a leader, so he had tremendous vision. So you put all that together and you've got somebody that just, um, I mean, he was a mover and a shaker and he was really the prototype for how that's done, you know, I think, so that's inspirational to me. And also just looking again at Daniel and his um, stolid dedication to, um, to write principles. And I think as a, as, a, as a business, if you have principles and you have values that you are true to at all times, it is a, a rudder that can keep you going through all kinds of situations and again shows uh, your employees what integrity looks like. Um, it can be very powerful. Sometimes it doesn't work out how you want, but that's not why we are Christians, right? We're Christians to do the right mm-hmm. thing not because it always pays off financially. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. What examples, you know, like the, the, the examples of the friends of Daniel and Nehemiah. Uh, I love those too. Harold, do you have something to share in this same line of thought? And we're right on time. We have three minutes to open Q&A. We're doing great. And we have some questions here already lined up,
1: uh, so that's, I've, been, uh, I've been impressed on the different people that God calls. Mm. Yes, and you know, mm. you stop and think about Job and Abraham; they were mm. they were really big dealers in their part of the world. And then He called on the servant girl uh, in in the uh, yep. family of the the Assyrian captain who had leprosy to, to serve him. He, in the New Testament, he called on, it. a certain scribe came to him and said that he, he wanted to follow Jesus. And the cost and call of discipleship is really something. And then Zacchaeus, the chief of the tax collectors. And one of the really hard stories in scripture is the rich young ruler. Who came to Jesus with all sincerity and uh, he just couldn't give it up, but the person that that impresses me uh, significantly is Paul. He was a pretty unpromising guy in fact he <laughs> he was really bad wanting to kill the Christians and destroy the new church, but he he left his work. That he had before and became a full time follower of Jesus, the author of maybe 13 of the books of the Bible and was uh, Turned the world upside down in a Gentile ministry at a cost of five years in prison. And, you know, the story to me is that God calls everybody Not everybody to do the same thing, but everybody to serve him in his own way. And what he asks for is what do you have in time, in talent, in resources, and what are you willing to give of that to salvation? And the answer to that question is really critical. And God will lead you if you'll submit it to him in honesty as to where you should go
0: amen amen well we didn't plan this was actually Harold you know that I just launched last question which is a tricky question but interesting one that came from you a poll question which is would you consider to dedicate your life in a full-time ministry so um that'll be interesting to see in a bit the results Uh, out of curiosity let's see but now we're gonna be opening for Q and A and we have 15 minutes. Well, actually we have been pretty much in Q and A, right? But now we're gonna be hearing a little bit more of uh, the audience. So we have a question here is uh, how can we know if it is God, God's will for you to start a certain business? Do you have principles you can share on this? So principles to recognize if I should pursue a specific business, if I'm called to a specific business. Anybody want to share that? Any thoughts on that? Is that a hard one?
4: Well, I, I think that you know, God puts talents and he puts desires and capabilities within you. And if what you feel called to do is tapping into those, um, those, those talents and desires and abilities, and you feel that you can you can operate this business to the glory of God. I think he, he calls us to, you know, to use the talents that were given to us and to do our best and to be fruitful and multiply. So I don't know that you'll necessarily get a lightning bolt down from heaven, God saying, this is the anointed business. For some people it is, you know, they call to a mission or they call to a specific business, but in the absence of that, it's more, is there anything in conflict with my relationship with God if I was to do this? And if the answer's no, and you feel um, compelled to do it, I think give it your best. Obviously be That's prayerful about point. it as you start the business, you know, be prayerful, but if there's, I, I see it rather rather than waiting for doors to open, I'd be waiting for doors to really slam closed. close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that? a it's, it's this is labeled push, right, you know? <laughs> Very
0: nice. Um, You know, as you said, (laughs) I'm very practical. (laughs) Sorry, somebody has to moderate now. (laughs) Um, I lost my voice. So um, it's back. (laughs) Um, You know, as you said, the talents are the ones actually that God gives you and -hmm. it's telling you something, right? The talents are telling you something. Because we're waiting to be, you know, being told what to do, but God gives us our minds to be used. And that's the beauty. God doesn't impose anything. The only thing that He cannot do, and I'm saying this very carefully, everybody will understand, is He cannot decide in your case. He doesn't decide for you, right? He can do everything, but He respects your decision. And yeah. that's also the, the paths you're gonna take. He gives you talents, and then those talents, how you put those in practice is actually probably the best way to make your decisions. Look at your talents, what are you capable to do? What's your culture? What's your preparation? If you don't have training, get the training. And then you'll be prepared to embrace certain challenges that you were not prepared a couple of years ago. So that's a way to see it. You know, Get get yourself prepared. Harold, you want to say something?
1: Yeah, I do. I think the basic question is, will it lead you to God or away from God? Yeah, that's
0: the underlying everything.
1: If it will lead you away from God, and you'll make a bunch of money, it's a loser. If it leads you to God and service, it may be a winner.
2: Hmm.
0: Right, it may be a winner. That's uh, another question we have here at, at, the, at the next one. But Deso, you want to say something? About I, it?
2: I, I tell you, I think that uh, the two gentlemen said it very, very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Very good. And uh, <clears throat> we, talk, we see here, have you started a business that failed?
0: I have many, but <laughs> I'm the moderator. Um, uh, anybody has failed a business or only success? And no. if that happened, how do you know and how you relate that with God's will? I mean, like anybody had anything that failed or a project or inside the business or something?
4: I've had a few non Only success. Sorry? I've had a few nonprofits, but that wasn't intentional. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Well. We have some
4: laughs
0: from the audience as well <laughs> um yeah well i, to say I
2: can tell you one that happened to us we we decided we wanted to expand in our banking business and so we expanded in our uh, banking business and we put a we thought for sure that we should the lord led us that we thought to a great location up in our north northwest uh, minneapolis area and we put a bank up there and uh, immediately once we started doing that we started having personnel problems up there we could never get our footing it never worked and then all of a sudden 2008 happened and every bank in that region because we didn't never grew in that area every bank in that region uh went under or mm. had to be bought out or, or mm-hmm. something like that because of that that area was really hard hit if we would have expanded and if we would have gone with the plans that we had made it could have bankrupt our company. Mm-hmm. But because of that, of what happened there, we were able to sell that location and uh, get out of that area and, uh, and, and do well with it. But, but it was really, if, uh, I really believe that I felt the Lord wanted us to go up there and that we didn't. And uh, the mm-hmm. Lord protected us uh, by having so- problems, which I didn't appreciate <laughs> at the time, uh, it be- but it ended up being it a did. blessing long-term. Mm-hmm. There you go. Apply the principle
0: that Gary shared with us. Some doors are shut. That's an opportunity. Don't do it. Shut it down.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the key is recognizing it. You know, I've had other businesses I've started and had to shut down thinking it was the way to go looking back on it. Mm -hmm. I wish I never would have done it because I now see it. It's always clear on Monday morning, right. You know, as, Mm -hmm. as we look at things, but uh, you know, when you look at the way the Lord leads, I believe we need to understand that if we prayerfully put our business on the altar, we prayerfully do what we can, the Lord will lead us and bless us as we go forth. And sometimes we don't understand why it happens, and and, mm-hmm. and we probably won't understand it until we get to heaven. But I've had instances in my life now where, you know, if I don't get this particular deal or if I don't get this mm-hmm. particular uh, operation, a perfect example I uh, I had a customer who had been a long time customer of ours, and all of a sudden we had a handshake for an agreement. And the next day, my my competitor came in and bottom took, took it away from us. Mm-hmm. And I was really mm-hmm. really upset about that. You were blue. I was blue. Mm-hmm. I was blue for really, a while. Really
3: upset. Yeah, you know.
2: I was, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like to lose. You know, I I have a saying. we yeah, know that. Mm-hmm. I have a saying also that show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> But, but, you know, I, but, but now during this COVID and all this time over the last year, the, what we were going to give the loan on has not gone well.
3: Mm -hmm. So God Mm -hmm.
2: God protected us from this really big uh, opportunity that we had. And this is still going on because I, because he, this opportunity is not going well right now. And so the Lord really Mm -hmm. protected us just recently. That's right. On uh, that's right. On something that happened just recently.
3: Right, and you know it brings us to our knees. It mm-hmm. honestly does because when we realize that you think you have this big deal that's going to happen, and they've worked on mm-hmm. it, and Russell has gone and done a lot of mileage with mm-hmm. this checking this out and you know there's a lot of work that goes with each loan and thinking that this was going to be just the right one and it goes before the loan committee and yes they are going to approve it and then all of a sudden the next day it's taken away and you're just saying well now why why did that happen and then at the moment you don't know the answer but then when you see it you realize that god does love us he does love that we have business he is helping us all throughout Whatever we're doing, so yeah, uh, he's our partner.
0: Absolutely, and there's a um, a viewer that uh, has just quoted Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. That's right in yeah. the context that we are discussing here. Absolutely. Any thoughts, Harold? you want to share with us uh, on this area, or we just jump to another question?
1: Oh, that's okay
0: that's okay uh we have a question here is a practical one which is um one friend says people rest on the sabbath but machines can keep on working wow if automated like websites streaming manufacturing it's not really people working what's your idea on this hmm. interesting
2: i huh. <laughs> surprised you on this one didn't that <laughs>
0: yes
2: well, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I'm in the banking business. Okay. And the banking business is a 24 seven business because you're dealing with people's money. So that, that is something that is happening. We have machines that run, uh, you know, they have what they call ATMs so people can actually access their money on the weekend if they want to. Um, we mm-hmm. do, but what we do do is we don't take any deposits on our Sabbath. We, we, uh, we don't have anybody working on our set. Matter of fact, we have a very sophisticated software system we put in place because see, there's a lot of things in banking you have to do after bank hours. So when they always joke about bankers hours, there's all this stuff you have to do after bank, after the bank closes. And so we actually set up our organization to where that's all automatic. So everyone can leave the office before Sabbath on friday on friday Mm -hmm. so we do have machinery that does that work that you have to do uh so that i don't have to have anyone working on sabbath so there is machinery that we do do that that is working but we try not to do anything that's not um anything that would require labor now when my old business and my mixer business and garbage truck business we had security Okay, and they work 24 hours a day, just like there were watchmen on the towers uh, back in Jesus's time, you know, all, you know, and so what we do is we had it set up to where our security people only did the minimum amount of work on Sabbath, they had their normal hours during the regular time where they did other extra paperwork and all these types of things, but on the Sabbath, they only had to do just enough to keep the place secure. There was no extra work, extra reports, anything like that that was done. So I tried to make it so that if people did have to work in the Sabbath, we, uh, we made it to where it was as least amount of work as possible. Yeah, very good. Very good um, uh, thoughts there. And there's somebody in the
0: audience that I felt the same way. Actually, you, you probably don't hear me as well because my AirPods just uh, lost battery. I'm charging it. But if you hear me at least to understand what I'm going to say is... Um, it, it seemed like Gary had something to say. He was laughing. So let's give Gary an, op- uh, an, alter- uh, an option here to participate. Uh, Gary, you want to fill in here because you did uh, have a face. You want to say something.
4: Well, this was back a little bit on this, um, on, the, on the comment about all things work together for good, for, you know, for those who love God. And we, we're not, I don't think we're called in business to be in this like protection bubble, which is going to surround us like a force field to prevent anything bad from ever happening to us. Cause that would really be an unfair advantage. Um, I wouldn't mind it, but, um, you you know, when bad things happen, sometimes it really is for your Good. You know, it really is. So you can learn a lesson out of it or you can change perspective or it can get your attention, or maybe it can prevent you from wasting your time on one thing, which you thought was what you're supposed to be doing. It frees you up, you go back and then you start, you know, you, you have an opportunity to, to, to put your life into something that really matters. I'm not, you know, whether that's whether it's another business or whatever you're doing. So I do think that all things work together for, for good for those who love God. Um, and, and really in terms of critical systems, if your business is going to fail or if it's gonna injure or harm another person, that's a customer of yours in a, you know, a considerable manner. I think you, it, it would be a bad example uh, to put them in harm's way or to cause an injury to them. So you, you do have to be responsible in that respect. And, and it's, it's even tougher when you have investors because investors have their perspectives as well. And they may not, may not like you uh, mandating every little thing with the money that they put in and the returns they're looking for. That certainly adds complexity.
0: That's a whole new topic. Exactly. You know, I have, a, I have a saying that I, I gain in every single deal I do either money or education. Sometimes education is very expensive. Yeah, it's
2: okay. very expensive.
0: <laughs> um, Okay, we have to wrap up. Uh, We have uh, one minute. Why don't we just have uh, a very uh, last phrase? People want to hear what's the best uh, advice that you give as a business person? Just one advice, like one or two phrases. We wrap up with prayer, and then uh, we end our excellent discussion.
1: I think that as ASI people, we need to be identified by Revelation fourteen one to five which describes God's people, his messengers, the 144,000, and the character that they have, and that that will be exemplified in our businesses, in our, how we deal with people, and our commitment to God. Benzo Thana.
2: I would add to Harold's, uh, I agree with Harold and add that uh, the statement that I would say is, you can't outgive the Lord. In your time, effort, money, everything that you do, if you do it for him, the Lord will bless you.
0: Excellent advice. Gary, you get the the final word. Integrity. Wow, that's one word. Integrity. Excellent. So we finish with this excellent finale, which is integrity in all sense. And God is the best example of integrity. Thank you very much for attending this seminar. Thank you, Harold, Gary, Denzel and Donna. I think it was very enjoying to have you all here in this discussion. We as a group of friends and we invite you all to come to the next seminar this afternoon and continue to watch the excellent uh, panels and plenaries actually that we have uh, and continue to be active at ASI virtual. Why don't we end with with a prayer so in this case, I'm going to ask Donna to lead us and then we finish.
3: All right. Let's bow our heads. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful that we have been able to meet today as a panel and that we can present your business to our ASI family and new friends that have joined us. We want our businesses to be a blessing, and we know that we can never outgive you, but we want to be led to opportunities, whether it be in business or sharing, that you are the main part of it. Again, we just love you, we long to have that home in heaven with you very soon. Please be with us today as we continue this ASI virtual convention in thy heavenly name, I pray. Amen. Amen amen.
4: This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.